Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, you're in a business deal. And your partner just ruins the business by stealing money from you. Do I have to forgive that person? Yes, I do. Otherwise, I'm going to be in prison. Do I go in business with him the next day? Hello. El stupido. Of course you're not going to go. So there's a big difference. You have to understand that. When those kind of things come, forgiveness and staying in those situations, that's foolishness. Of course not. Many Christians and those who think about Christians have a misconception regarding what forgiveness is. You'll hear the phrase forgive and forget as though forgiveness erases the slate and pretends that the transgression didn't happen. Pastor Mark will be teaching the true meaning of forgiveness and our responsibility to learn from the bad experience. We'll also learn what God's position is toward us, having extended forgiveness to us. We will be taught what God has to say about true love using the well-known passage in 1 Corinthians 13. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 7 with his continuing study, Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. So I'm giving you how God thinks this morning. Colossians 3.13. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. That's not a wish list. That's a command. Now, that makes perfect logic to all of us. God's logic is right on. And God's grace offered us forgiveness. That's how you and I became a Christian. So we're in turn to graciously offer forgiveness to others. Just back a couple of books. Ephesians. You're right nearby. You'll see. Just scoot right back to Ephesians chapter 4. This should sound familiar to you when you get there. Because the same writer was Paul. He just writes it in a different context. Now remember, this is how we're to think. Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Get rid of, key word here, all bitterness. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. So that's the stuff we should get rid of. And here's the positive. And then be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, underline this in your Bible, just as in Christ, God 
forgave you and me. Now, here's what we learn. Unforgiveness often turns into bitterness. Now, look at me. If you have a yard at home, if you have a home or even a little apartment with a yard, if you look at your grass, grass typically doesn't have much of a root. But when that weed comes up, and you're by the way, which, which grows faster, your grass or the weeds? You already know that. That's why people have a job, spraying that sucker. Well, when you see that weed and you start to get, you want to you pull it out. What happens often when you go to pull it out? You break the crazy root. Can I hear an oh me? Yeah, exactly. So when you find, if you get one, and maybe it's rain, and you start pulling the root, how far down does it go? It's like it goes down to hell. It just, just keep coming up and I'm like, wow, look at that root. My grass is like that, that root. Look at this verse. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We've all been there too. See, bitterness comes from a hurtful situation or disappointment where we chose not to forgive. And the person that's bitter is not the one that hurt you. It's you. It's me. It grows and it grows deep. And the only one that can help us get that out is God. And God wants to do that in your life because it's in your life. He wants to do it in my life with grace and forgiveness. Often we don't think of unforgiveness causing problems. But let me just ask you to write this down because you recognize this this morning. This is why it's such a big deal all the way through the Bible. Unforgiveness affects us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Let's talk about spiritual. When we don't forgive, I have a sense of guilt. I feel alienated from God. I don't pray very well. I don't read the Bible very well. And it says this, when I'm reading, not much happens. When I pray, it's like boom, 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 boom. And that's because the Bible says this, if I have sin in my heart, God will not hear me. That's because he wants you to get the problem solved. And he's not going to answer your questions. He's not even going to be generous to you until you get the problem solved. And so spiritually, it's a big deal in our life. Satan knows that. Remember when I was down on the floor? I'm not getting down again. But you remember when I was down on the floor? We talked about on one bed and we'll fall off the bed and all that kind of stuff. What did it say? And don't give Satan a foothold. Why? Because of unforgiveness. And that affects us spiritually. But many times we don't understand this. How about physically? You know, I worked in the hospital field for more than 25 years. And as I directed that pharmacy, I deal with people with meds and all kinds of stuff. But I learned this as I was there. So many people were in the hospital because of unforgiveness. There was all kinds of sicknesses. 
all kinds of depression, all kinds of things that doctors could never find anything wrong. You know why? Because it was a spiritual problem. See, it affects us body, soul, and spirit. How about emotionally? Well, emotionally, there's anger, there's self-pity, there's a denial. Not my fault. That's the person that hurt me. Let them take care of it. And pretty soon, what we discover, as I shared with you before, freedom comes from me offering somebody forgiveness. Let me just make a, a dichotomy just for a second. What I'm saying, and when the scripture says, we are to forgive the person that hurt us, and I don't have time to go into it deep, but you have to understand this. That doesn't mean, let's say you're in a marriage, and, and the spouse could be man and woman, that's the way it is today. They abuse you, and they abuse you, and they beat you, and whatever. Now, are you going to stay, well, Pastor Mike, I'm a Christian, I've got to love, uh, offer forgiveness and stay in that relationship. No, you do not. God never asked you to be beat up for Jesus Christ from your spouse. From the world, as a missionary, of course, that's going to happen. You know that. So what do you do there? You have to forgive the person, but you don't have to stay in the dangerous situation. Do you understand this morning? Now, you're in a business deal, and your partner just ruins the business by stealing money from you. Do I have to forgive that person? Yes, I do. Otherwise, I'm going to be in prison. Do I go in business with him the next day? Hello, el stupido. Of course you're not going to go. So there's a big difference. You have to understand that. When those kind of things come, forgiveness and staying in those situations, that's foolishness. Of course not. But I still have to forgive. Otherwise, I'm the one that's not free. Now, when you see this, the most important thing you have in your life is God, people, and how we use our time. Can I share this with you this morning? Life is too short to live in unforgiveness. Some of you never realize it's affecting you spiritually, emotionally, anger, always anger, guilt. When I find men and women that have anger. And they say, well, that's the way my parents were. That's the way I am. No, that's the way Satan was. You can be freed by the power of God. See, you have to choose to be free. And most anger comes from hurt. That's never been solved. So understand this morning, when we walk through this, life is just simply too short to be miserable and live in unforgiveness. Now, look what Peter says, I have it for you. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers, I love the way the Bible puts it, a multitude of sins. You know what? That verse fits perfectly with Jesus on the cross. What did he say to the people that were nailing him to the cross? God, forgive them. By the way, I'm not there yet, and don't look at me funny. You're not there yet either. I probably think we'll never be there. Could I hear an amen? It's just, it's just, that's just God. But understand, understand, that's going to be there. Now, what does love look like in our life? Well, look at this. Love is, remember, love is a verb. It's not just an emotion. 
Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand our own way. It's not irritable. Let me just stop and talk a little. No, I'll just keep moving on. It's not irritable and, whoa, it keeps no record of being wronged. So what does that mean? Well, we've been there. In your marriage, somebody, your spouse did something against you. And she or he apologized to you. And you said, your apology is accepted. Thank you. I forgive you. And then three months later, here comes the subject again. You remember three months ago when you did that? You should be having thoughts running through your mind right now. And they bring it up again. Did that person really forgive? No, they did not. They're just waiting for the opportunity to come again. (laughs) Am I right? So forgiving, I don't have time to teach on it. Forgiving has to include forgetting. By the way, anybody glad God forgives and forgets? Yeah, if not, we're in deep trouble. Because God every day can come up. Remember that one? Remember that one? Remember that one? Forget it. He, as far as the east is from the west, he's forgiven us our sins. Now, when you think about that, love, that's, that's a God thing that we have to work with. I thought of this. A group of professionals asked four to eight-year-olds. Here was what they said to them. When I say to you, love, what does that mean? Can you imagine to a four and eight-year-old? I'll give you three. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip of it before giving it to him to make sure that the taste is okay. Now that girl is in a home where love reigns. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Isn't it? That's beautiful. I put that on the thing at home for my wife. Okay, now let's... She's not here. (laughs) Don't you dare talk to her after this service. Here's another one, four to eight. There are two kinds of love, our love and God's love. But God makes both kinds of them. Wow. And because I'm a little older, I love the third one. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so Well, that's the way it's supposed to work. But Pastor Mark, I don't want to forgive. We've been there, every one of us. I don't want to forgive. I actually want to get even. Where does that come from? That's my old sinful nature. I want to get even. But look what God promises. Look at Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God gives us a desire to obey his word. Forgive. He changes our wonder. Pastor Mark, I don't want to. He changes our wonder. See, you have to change your thinking to change your action. So notice, he absolutely gives that 
wanter of ours a boost. No, you can do it. Then he empowers me. He empowers you to obey him, which pleases him. God basically is saying with that, yes, you can forgive. I will help you forgive. Now understand this. Look at me. Forgiving starts with you, with me. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And it's a decision based on what God says we are to do. So here it is. We are able to forgive even if we don't want to because God gives us the power to forgive. That's a huge principle. That means there's, I have no excuse that God's going to accept. I'm sorry. There's no excuse that God's going to accept. He said, I provided everything you need in this area of forgiveness to do exactly what you're supposed to do. You're a Christian because I forgave you. Now go and forgive that person. Again, when I went through beating you at home, doing all that, of course not. You forgive them, and then you move on from that relationship. Now, here's what we're going to have on the overhead. And we're going to say it again out loud. No excuses. God can. I can. So you can't leave here with an excuse today. Sorry. There's no excuses. Because when God says he can do it, and nothing's impossible with him, I can do it. When you think about that, think about these words. I can't remember who wrote them, but I love them. Hurt people hurt people. That is so powerful. Forgiven people forgive people. Do you get it? See, if I say hurt, what am I going to do? I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to hurt people. By the way, I'm hurting myself physically, spiritually, emotionally. But forgiven people forgive people. Someone asked a couple who were celebrating their 50th anniversary the secret of their long marriage. This isn't Linda and I. This is just a story. The husband responded, here's the secret. We take time to go out to a restaurant twice a week. Good. A little candlelight, a nice dinner, soft music, and a slow walk home. That's pretty cool. 50 years. She goes on Tuesday and I go on Friday. (laughs) I also wrote that down, but my wife tore it up. Is that how marriage is supposed to work? Of course not. Of course not. Look at how it's supposed to work. Look at Romans 15. I have it. May God, who gives us patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony. That word means together in unity. Help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. So here's what grace and forgiveness does. Write it down. Grace and forgiveness frees us to do life together as God designed. See, that's the only way that it's to God designed it. Remember, back in the garden, God said, here's a unit. You leave your parents and you become one. That's to end loneliness. You become one 
And as you become one, that means you're going to do life together. Oneness in thought, oneness in actions, everyday life. Now, don't misunderstand. When we leave, which is a new unit, and we cleave, that's glue, that's that super glue. God puts us together, that's a commitment. And we're to do life together. Husband, wife, together. Not on Tuesdays and Friday, but every day of the week we're going to do it together. We can't separate like that. Now, understand this. Unity, oneness, is not uniformity. Both spouses, they don't lose their identity. They don't lose their personality. But we live together in those times. And this, this togetherness defeats the big sin of selfishness. Of selfishness. So sometimes you just have to do a lot of compromise in marriage. You go, to, well, what restaurant do you want to go to? I like this food. I like this food. Okay, this time for you and this time for me. Good. Why do we always have to go to mine and... No, you're doing it together. You're doing it together. Now, Pastor Mark, during this series, as a husband, you told me I have to love my wife as I love myself. And the ladies are saying, as a wife, I'm supposed to respect my husband. And then you're actually telling us, as a husband and wife, that we're to do life every day together? Pastor Mark, my spouse is so different than me, I don't think I can do what God commands us to do. Oh, yes, you can. How do I know? Because my thinking has been changed by God's mind. Here's his mind. Look at Philippians 4.13. I can do. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let's say it together. God can. I can. No, no excuse. God never asks us to do something without giving us the ability to do it. Well, what does doing life together really look like? Now, I want you, if you're married this morning, to grab your spouse's hand and just hold it for a little bit. If you're dating, you can grab that. If you're not dating, whatever. If you're dating and, you, and, and you're looking to date, see if you can find something and grab her hand. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And, and let's see, as I go through these steps, kind, if you think you're doing pretty good, five out of 10, six out of 10, just squeeze each other's hands. And nobody else is going to know, just you and God, and you'll have plenty to talk about this afternoon. Okay, here we go. Marriage is a lifetime of... Working and playing together. Marriage is a lifetime of worshiping, which we're going to do at the end this morning, and growing together spiritually. Laughing and celebrating together. We do too little celebrating. It's important to know what the Bible has to say about things we have to deal with in our lives, like forgiveness. Pastor Mark did a great job of explaining what it is as well as what it isn't. It's important to be able to acknowledge when wrongs are done to us so that we can forgive properly and let God heal the hurt. This is especially important in marriage. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. The next message will wrap up the sermon series, Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. Pastor Mark will remind us that we can't make these important changes in our lives through our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us to be able to achieve the quality of marriage we want to have. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.